Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture Podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. I am super glad to be here, man. Uh, This is a much better week than last week was for me. Yeah, so so what happened last week? Those those Um, who are tuning in and want to hear all about what happened last week. Yeah, well, first of all, I did not get COVID, so, you know, don't have to freak out. But um, I do uh, character coach work through FCA with our local varsity soccer team. And uh, it was a hot day Tuesday last week, and apparently I got heat exhaustion. And so I spent Wednesday on my back in bed (laughs) trying not to die. I, I don't know how to describe this, man, but heat exhaustion is not funny and it's not a joke. Uh, wear sunscreen and stay hydrated. Okay. Just it's, I, I don't like wearing sunscreen because I don't like putting it on because I don't like it, the way it makes my hands feel, but I'm gonna have to get over that and just wash my hands after I put it on because I'm not messing around with this anymore. It is the weirdest feeling in the world. Yeah. I think I only experienced heat exhaustion once really my entire life it was when I was in middle school uh, when mm-hmm. I played, uh, play football and I had a coach who was old school and didn't believe in drinking water and on uh, to water's for the week. Uh, water makes the week. <laughs> so I can remember it was it was probably a hundred degrees. It was scorching hot. And we didn't and we weren't drinking water uh, only on breaks and and I can remember just dying and I felt so sick after after practice. Mm-hmm. Um it literally took me out for like a day, day and a half. Yeah. It was it was bad. It was bad. That's but that's the only time I really experienced that. But I also had a interesting week last week as well. What happened with uh, you? There, well, it didn't happen to me. Uh, but uh, there is our neighbors behind our house. Uh, his house completely burned down. What? And so I'm I'm sitting there cutting grass, uh, our front yard, and I'm just smelling something. It's like, oh, someone someone's has a fire pit. Okay, someone's had a fire pit in the neighborhood. Oh, no. And I'm I'm smelling something, and I was like, okay. Next next thing I know, it as I'm finishing up cutting the front yard, there's like a wave of smoke coming in the front yard. So what in the world? So I go into my backyard. My backyard's completely filled with smoke. Uh, I was smelling like smoke. My outdoor uh, patio stinks even now. It smells like smoke. I'm trying to do stuff to get rid of the smell. Um, yeah. So so. Yes, I tell my wife, I said, look, I have to stop cutting grass, but the backyard can just wait. Because uh, if I'm out here long enough without a mask, I'm going <laughs> to suffocate out here. Smoke inhalation. Yeah, but it, it, it was it was pretty bad. Um, uh, so me and my other neighbors were went, to, went around and kind of looked at it. And uh, thankfully, nobody was in the house. Uh, but it, it is burnt from the ground down, from the ceiling it's gonna be the roof all the way down the foundation completely burned wow that stinks i'm it, glad everybody's okay though yeah everybody was okay nobody got hurt i was i was also worried about spreading to uh 
our neighbor's house right beside him. Mm. Um, but didn't sp- spread any other house. Uh, the fire department came out and got it pretty under control. Uh, but it was, it was, it was, it was pretty real for a little bit. I was like, man, uh, how much, literally there was so much smoke in my backyard. You can barely see like five feet in front of you. That's incredible. Especially cause I mean, with all the junk that's going on right now in our country, in our world, having one more thing layered on top of that has got to be some kind of weird, stressful. There's going to be being a therapist is probably a great time to be a therapist right now because <laughs> people need it. I, I, that, that is sad, but very, very true. If you're going to go into uh, counseling, uh, anything with them with the psychology, now's the time to go. Yeah. Cause you'll be counting all the quarantines pretty much. I don't see that. I don't see that getting better anytime soon. No. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about what we're going to be talking about um, today. We're going to talk about something I think is, is very important for us to kind of wrap our minds around. Um, because right now uh, you look at Vanderbonen group, you look at uh, all these different, like Barna, I think has done some of this research too. Uh, all these various um, different organizations when it comes to ministry staffing, uh, what we're seeing is what's projecting and what we're seeing a little bit is the amount of pastors leaving their churches this year in 2021 is gonna be tremendously high. And I'm seeing that and also projecting, I believe it's going to project even worse when it comes to, uh, when it comes to youth pastors, mm-hmm. uh, cause youth, pa- youth pastors always is, already has a very, very high turnover rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, last time I looked, it may have shrinked. I think it was, was it like a, a year and a half? Remember when we correctly? were in high school, it was four years. And now that we're both in full-time ministry, it's down to 18 months. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm projecting for youth ministry, specifically youth past, the amount of youth pastors leaving and transitioning being extremely high. And there, there's a lot of factors into that. I, don't, I think a lot of people probably stayed in 2020 um, just because of what's going on with COVID, didn't want to leave the church during that time. So I think, there's, I think there's some other factors into it, but I do believe it's going to be very, very high among all pastors, but specifically uh, youth pastors. So I kind of wanted to speak in into that a little bit uh, today and do a little bit of encouragement and just a little bit uh, provide maybe something for all those who are listening to something to think about as well before you make an actual decision to, to leave your current ministry. Uh, and that's this idea of, of uh, what actually builds influence. I think a lot of times when, when we, uh, get frustrated, that we get upset in the church setting and discouraged. Sometimes it it's connected with this idea, uh, it, whether we realize it or not, that I don't have the influence I want. Mm. Uh, I don't. I'm not make because I'm not making the impact I want due to the influence I have, and so so we. In, jump from one situation to the next. And what we don't realize a lot of times is, is that building influence is a long game. Mm-hmm. It's a slow burn. Yes. Yeah, so you don't build influence right off, off the bat. Um, I don't know about you, you, David, if you, if you can speak into this as well, but uh, 
I, I think a lot of people don't understand is that when you, when you go from one church to the another church, we think of, okay, I'm in a bad situation. You could very well be in a horrible, very toxic situation. And David, I know that you've experienced that mm -hmm. uh, before. So you may be in a toxic situation where you need to leave. And that we're not talking, we're not speaking about that. What we're talking about is a situation of you're going to be in a church that's difficult, like every church is, because you're dealing with people. Mm -hmm. And let's just be honest, people dealing with people is the most draining thing in the world. Uh, that's the reason we talk about the syndrome uh, in ministry of wanting to put your resume in. Every, uh, it's not your resume, but your resignation in every Monday. Uh, because it's so draining and you get frustrated uh, because you're dealing with dealing with people. Um, so you, all of us experience, experience of not, whether in a large church or a small church, mm -hmm. that is always, always present. Um, so, but I think we had this idea of, Hey, if, if I'm dealing with this, I'm frustrated, I'm seeing this stuff and it's draining me and I'm tired of it. I want to go to something quote unquote better. I think it's better. So we go to another, another church, another situation, another ministry, and the whole thing happens over again. It's a cycle. Within three or four years, you start feeling the same way. And then you jump ship and go to another church or another ministry and organization. And it's like a constant cycle. Yeah. And this, this is something that, that like you said, there, there's the litany of reasons that some of this could happen. And so what uh, I want to reiterate what you said, Ryan, this is not something where we're talking about a church that has literally gotten toxic and it's actually become more of um, uh, something that is uh, getting closer to what we would consider evil and not just hard. Um, when I was a teenager, I've seen this in, in two areas in my life of uh, just not having a good situation. Um, when I was a teenager and then when I first started a ministry, um, I had five different youth pastors when I was a teenager. Um, when I was a kid, we went to one church. When I was late elementary school, we switched to a different church because uh, some stuff happened with leadership and we couldn't be there anymore. And when I finally got into the youth group, uh, I had there was this one guy who'd been there for a really long time and he was a great youth pastor. Um, I even got to intern with him in college um, after he moved to Florida. So that was kind of cool. And we still keep in touch. Um, but our senior pastor retired and we got a new senior pastor. And <clears throat> this was one of those situations where it was a toxic thing. This was not just ministry burnout. Uh, the, the new senior pastor uh, went on a power trip and uh, got rid of this guy. And then he went through three more guys. Then he found another guy. And that was my fifth youth pastor. And I had him during high school. And uh, that was rough because there was absolutely no longevity there for any of those guys, except for the first guy. And I came in on the, the tail end of that. Um, and what I noticed over the years, because I talked with them and I've talked to some other pastors and I've read some of the research that you've mentioned, like Barnett has done stuff. And I think Lifeway has even done some research as well. And uh, one of the things that's kind of bothered me, like it, it does bother me that we've gone from a four year stint to a year and a half stint for youth pastors. Um, but one of the things that I also noticed that kind of bothered me is that um, what the studies show is, uh, I think it's for a new senior pastor entering a church, for them to see significant fruit from the ministry work that they put in takes about five years. The average stay of a senior pastor in a church is four. <laughs> so 
they're giving the guy up the boot a year before they actually start to see progress. And this is something that, you know, most people, they're like, what, it takes five years for this guy to get anything done? No, it's not that it's taking five years for him to get anything done. When you show up and you're the new guy on the block, you have to get to know the people and the people have to get to know you. And that, like you said, is a slow burn. It's a long game. It takes a while. Uh, it takes a while to get used to your where you're living. It takes you a while to get used to the community. It takes a while to be known. One of the things that we were taught in our youth ministry program uh, when we were at Liberty was the fact that uh, when you show up, especially if you're going to be getting involved in public school ministry, uh, one of the first things they told us, if you're going to get involved in public school is you have to show up and become known before you start trying to do anything. Uh, you've got to get the people used to your face before they start getting used to you doing or saying anything because they don't want some rando creeper walking into the school trying to hang out with the teenagers and be like, who's this guy? <laughs> um, so it takes a long time uh, to get through to the point where you can have the clout or um, some people have the analogy where that you get enough change in your pocket so that you can start spending it and making decisions and taking some risks. So it takes a little time. And I think one of the things that we've gotten to a point with the church, and again, this is where the culture influences the church. Our culture is what I call a microwave generation. Microwave popcorn takes too long. All right. Minute and a half is too long to pop popcorn. <clears throat> all right. I want my minute rice in less than a minute. Um, <laughs> and uh, the church has gotten to that point too, with in some cases where they expect you know, this new, young, hip, energetic youth pastor to double the size of the youth ministry a week after he starts. And it's like, I know I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> it's kind of how they get treated. And and I've sat down, I, I've sat across the table from veteran youth pastors who worked for 30 plus years in youth ministry. And, and one guy in particular is a mentor of mine. He's actually been on the show. Um, he mentioned to me that sometimes churches that are dying as a last, a last ditch effort to save the church, they will hire some young, energetic, just green out of cemetery, seminary uh, youth pastor, and they'll hire him to save the church. And inevitably that doesn't happen. So they now have a scapegoat that they can blame everything on. Um, and he ends up getting fired 18 months later. And, and that's where a lot of us uh, find ourselves. But all of that is things that are kind of happening around us and not necessarily the decisions that we're making. Uh, what we're looking at is having a mindset when we walk into a church, day one, having a long-term a long mindset, a long-term mindset of I'm going to try my best to honor the calling of the Lord in my life and to do the work of the ministry in order to grow this church over the course of a long, long period of time. Yeah, um, I think that a, a lot of times when we enter ministry, um, I think this is part of it too. Sometimes I don't think Bible college or seminary really prepares any pastor fully in a mm. lot of sense for the practicality of how ministry is. But same thing when it comes to youth ministry. I don't, I don't, I don't think that a, a lot of education really explains how ministry really is. And here's what I, why, reason why I say that is I can remember sitting there in my youth ministry classes in college and 
dealing, having a lot of people in our in our classes wanting to go into youth ministry for the sole reason of basically staying a kid yeah, and having growing fun. up. Yeah, and I, I can remember guys specifically saying that uh, in our classes, and I was like, "Man, you are not going to survive in ministry." Mm-mm. And because again, I, I look at guys, uh, people in my own life, and, and uh, mentors and influencers that have influenced me in my way of thinking when it comes to ministry. And this idea and this concept of longevity is I, I look at my grandfather. My grandfather was a, a pastor at the church I grew up at uh, for 40 plus years before he retired. Uh, and the reason why he retired is because he got to it physically where he could not. Uh, preach effectively and effectively the church. And that's, he got to a point where he had to retire. But through that in, entire process, he was there. Uh, in fact, every almost every person that was on staff of that church stayed there for 20 plus years. There's very few people on the staff who've ever been, were there less than that. Um, that and because of that, he was able to build influence within the community. And the church went from a small meeting from a small shack to the sixties to where it's now running over about uh, 1200 or more now that's pre COVID numbers, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, so yes, he, all that happened because of how long he was there building longevity. i look at my, my youth pastor mm-hmm. still there and it's been there. Good night. 20, 20 some years came there in the early nineties. Um, wow. And seeing how he built uh, from a very small youth ministry, youth ministry to where it's now uh, a point where he transitioned to a different position at the church, uh, was running 100-something. There was 100-something when I was there. And we were actually, percentage-wise, we were over 10% of uh, our congregation. Because the rule of thumb is if you're at least 10%, uh, the, the rule of thumb, I don't know where this rule of thumb comes from, but just been told this over the years mm-hmm. that for from a numerical standpoint right that if you're at least 10 percent uh of your congregation uh, numerically it's actually a good healthy youth group yeah and that's that's 10 percent it comes from your your sunday school or small group involvement not yeah, worship yeah. it's the if you take your overall who showed up for small groups today, Sunday morning, Sunday school, life groups, whatever you want to call them. Uh, for those who showed up and are actively involved in that, and then you take the number of students that showed up for Sunday school, 10% is considered healthy. So yep. 12% is like killing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and so I, I had these examples in my life. And even even uh, you, me, you and David, uh, me and David, we went to, um, we, we were involved in a church in Lynchburg. Uh, even the church that we were involved in, you had every single one on staff there has been there. Good night. Dr. Crawl was there for how many years before he retired? I want to say at least 25. Yeah, or more. Because I think he started pastoring there in the 80s, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. And then every, every single one of the staff is still there mm-hmm. and since like the 90s. Uh, so there's consistent longevity, but that church, that church's example has exploded in its influence in the community has grown because of longevity of leadership. And that same thing applies to, uh, to youth ministry. If you want to make an impact in your church, you want to make impact in community, it's being faithful 
every single day, day in, day in out, day in, day out, and being there, and God would take care of the rest. Yeah, it's not just being there. You, just being there doesn't do it. It's, it's faithfulness yes. to what you've been called to do. It's, it's uh, staying teachable. So like actually pay attention during staff meeting, Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's learning. uh, One of the things that I've learned is if I want to have an effective youth ministry within the greater body of the church, then whatever your mission and vision is for the youth ministry has to tie in and line up with the greater vision of the actual church itself. Otherwise you're two competing entities now, and that's going to cause a lot of unnecessary conflict. No, I agree. And, and, and uh, uh, me and my dad, uh, we, we, my dad's my mentor. Uh, spirit, spiritual mentor, ministry mentor. Um, he gave this analogy, which I think is so, so translates so well into this is we're, we're, we're more driven to jump ladders than to climb a ladder. Mm. So in other words, we're, we're, we're instead of staying in one place, climbing that ladder of influence. That takes time. That takes going up. Takes time. We're looking. We're jumping to the next ladder, thinking that ladder is better, and our influence, in fact, goes down. Because mm-hmm. as we're climbing the ladder you were at of influence, when you jump to another ladder, you have to start from the bottom, mm-hmm. all over again, building that influence. Um, so if you want to, if you want to, I'm telling you, I can tell you, pastor after pastor after pastor, not just in youth ministry, but other forms of ministry in the church as well. I've gone to other churches thinking that this is the next big thing. Okay, this is this is a mega church. I'm going to this mega church because it's going to be better than my current situation. Mm-hmm. And, and they go to this, they go to a church, next church, and it's the same thing. Within four years, they start feeling the same way, and they jump the gun to go to another one. Because the fact is, is ministry is hard work. It is draining. It's a lot of times life sucking <laughs> if, you're, if you're not spending time with God daily and if you're not practicing, practicing a weekly Sabbath. Um, if you're not doing those two things, it will drain the snot out of you because ministry is extremely hard. But going to the next ladder, the next thing, and not necessarily the best thing if you want to influence and reach people with the gospel and make disciples do that and do that effectively requires longevity. All right. So look, we do the same thing. Uh, every time we go to the grocery store or Walmart and, and now when you go there, you're going to be thinking this, uh, we get all the stuff we need. It's a busy day. We go up to the front of Walmart and because it's like a packed house, they have at least two registers open. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, we get in line to check out and we're, we're watching the lines. And of course we pick the shortest line we could find. And then we realize there's another line that's going faster than us. So we think maybe I can get out of here faster if I switch lines. So we switch to the other line and we're waiting and we look back at our first line and the guy behind us is now checking out. And you're like, if I had just stayed there, I'd be done. And I'd be walking out to the parking lot now. And I've even heard the same, the, the same thing with people. Uh, I know one guy, he actually did this. And I know, I know it's anecdotal, but uh, he tested this. Um, instead of speeding every time he went to work on the interstate like he normally did, um, he actually stuck to the uh, speed limit. And so instead of trying to weave in and out of traffic during rush hour, he just stuck to the speed limit and he didn't do much change. Um, he, he was patient and he stayed in his lane. 
and did not try to weave in and out of traffic. And he actually got home faster and he got to work faster because he just stayed patient. And I think that's one of the things that we, it's easy for us to get caught up in wanting like the next best thing or the next best situation, or, you know, we're not moving fast enough. We're not growing fast enough. We're not doing enough. We're not, it's not good enough. So we need to find something bigger, something better, um, something that's more our speed. And we don't realize that if we just be patient and slow down and stay the course, fight the fight, run the race, um, stay disciplined, then we will see fruit from the ministry. If we take this, I mean, it's the same mindset that Paul had, you know, run the race faithfully, fight the fight, keep your eye on the upward, on the prize and the upward call of God. And we will be rewarded with that if we would just be patient. <laughs> no, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, 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 and again, I, I understand uh, what a lot of people are going through because I went through it, the same thing myself uh, of thinking that there's, there's got to be something better on the other side, uh, on the other side of the aisle. Um, and I think a lot of it is ingrained, not always, but there's, there's especially people who are driven, uh, may see the idea of a larger church as being more successful. And in a consumer-minded culture, then yes, that, that, that is correct. That would be seen as more successful. But a biblical success, when you look at what success is scripturally, it's just being faithful, being faithful. Now, those of you who are listening, some of you may be called, maybe your season may be done where you're at. And this is what I mean by that, is that God is moving your heart, stirring you to a different season of ministry. Now, there's a difference between God stirring your heart to a different season of ministry than jumping ladders. Those are, those are two different things. Because if, if you are deep in prayer uh, and God keeps moving your heart to a certain direction and you're praying uh, you're seeking wisdom from others, and God, and that's still moving and stirring your heart. Then, then, yeah, then God's probably calling you to a different season, to a different form of ministry. But that is totally different from jumping up to a ladder, trying to seek for some kind of success or cultural or church cultural status. And trying to see success and going to a larger and better environment or moving a jumping ship because you're frustrated or upset, that is different than God calling you to a different season of ministry. Those are two different things. So I want to, I want to encourage you, those of you who are listening, um, again, we, we know that there's going to be a lot of people looking uh, for new ministries this season. We, we, we know that. You look at statistics, you look at research, a lot of people um, a lot of people saying that and calling for that. Um, so I just want to uh, challenge you to really think through, is this, am I leaving because I'm frustrated? I'm leaving because ministry is hard? leaving because I, I want to go to somewhere where I, where I think it is seen as being more successful 
Or is God really calling me to a different ministry? Because those two things are a little bit different. Yeah, I would agree. And I, you mentioned success. And when you said that, the first thing that popped into my head was at the beginning of Joshua when um, he takes over for the Israelites and God comes to him and says, look, you know, Moses is gone and I was with him. I'll be with you too. And he's talking to Joshua specifically here, but I think there's a principle that we can pull um, when he says to Joshua to be strong and courageous. But um, he he says partway through verse seven, after he talks about the law of Moses and obeying it, he says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. The world has a definition of success. We have a definition of success comes from scripture and the success that we seek in ministry, especially as youth ministers, is the good success that comes from being steeped in God's word, not the success of climbing a ladder or jumping to a different ladder or using the ever popular youth pastor position as a stepstone to the senior pastor position, Mm -hmm. or as my roommate in college called it, a real pastor, um, (laughs) air quotes. Um, that was a slightly offensive question when he asked me when I wanted to be a real pastor someday. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I, I want to encourage you guys as well. You know, this is something that, um, you know, make sure you go to the word and, and and you check, um, whatever your thoughts and feelings are against the truth of God's word, um, and make sure that the decisions that we're making are, are guided by, by the truth of his word. Yeah, so, so one big, uh, I do want to let y'all know, those of you who are listening and those of you who just tuned in, uh, welcome those of you who are longtime listeners. Uh, I do want to let you know that we are going to be taking a little bit of a break for the next uh, two months. We're going to be taking June and July off here on the podcast, uh, partly because uh, David and I are full-time youth pastors. Uh, the summer is extremely busy for the, the both the, both of us. Uh, mm-hmm. It's busy for me as uh, particularly because our church is uh, uh, rewriting our bylaws, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on with that for the summer. A lot of work for us on, on staff, so we're going to be taking a, a two month break. Also, there is something in the works in my life right now a a fun surprise. <laughs> uh, that I can't share right now, but then when I when we come back in August, I will get to let you know exactly what God is doing uh, in my life and here at my current ministry. So I get to share that with you in the next few months. Well, I also I want to continue as well, just with some more good news here. Um, I, nothing super fantastic has changed. I just, uh, you know, in June, we're celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary. So my wife and I are going to be disappearing for a weekend. Uh, and uh, we're, she's pregnant again, which I think we've mentioned before in the podcast with kid number eight. So um, we have a lot going on. July is camp month. So yeah, we're, we're very busy, but um, we're not, we're just taking a break. For those of you who may be freaking out listening to this, this is just a break. We're not leaving. Uh, we will be coming back and we are going to come back with a vengeance because we love uh, doing this. We love our listeners. Uh, we love the feedback that we get from you guys. And uh, speaking of feedback, if you would like to, please give us some feedback by leaving a star or comment review in Apple Podcasts uh, because that lets us know that uh, we're being heard, um, that we're being an encouragement to those who are listening. 
Um, it also keeps our content near the top of the search results so that people who are looking for solid youth ministry content, whether it's encouragement or challenge or whatever it may be, uh, they can find it. And um, and we'd, we'd even love to hear from you directly through either a direct message on our Facebook page or if you want to join our Youth and Culture Facebook group. Uh, we have a group on Facebook as well, and we'll interact with you. Ryan and I both are on there, and uh, we will comment, uh, reply to yours, have a conversation. We post every once in a while just to get some conversation going, maybe even talk about some potential topics that we haven't hit yet for the podcast. So please uh, check us out there as well. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.